0: Solution or podcast coming away, episode 406. Steve Smith here in the Rickster. What's up, buddy?
1: Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there?
0: All right, buddy. Um, let's do this. So this episode, guys, we're going to talk about our hobbies that are connected to fitness. They could be hobbies that help us excel in our fitness goals, hobbies that help us de-stress, because that's very important. We're going to talk about those and we're gonna talk about uh some of the things we like to do so the first one we're gonna talk about rick do you want to go first you want me to go first
1: uh you know you, you get it started steve you're in a row hit it up
0: all right guys so the first one i'm going to talk about is yoga and both rick and i do yoga and just right off the bat many of you out there have never done yoga and a lot of people ask me all the time on the forums, there's like, why should I learn yoga? How's this going to help me with my weight training? And I say that you should absolutely be doing yoga because the way yoga can help you with your weight training is first of all, it's going to de-stress you, but not even, that's not even the tip of the iceberg. It's going to increase your mobility. It's going to increase your flexibility. It's going to help get your joints more wet because you're when you weight train what do you do when you weight train you're compressing everything in your body you're drawing out your joints in the process yoga does the opposite yoga decompresses your body yoga increases mobility if you ever got a shoulder injury with your rotator cuff for example why did you get that injury in the first place is because your joint your shoulder was too dry your shoulder didn't have mobility your shoulder didn't have flexibility so when you're lifting weights that thing is going to tear because of that. So if you had been doing yoga all along, that shoulder would be mobile. It would be flexible. It wouldn't be like, you know, like, like kind of rubbing two things together and and it tearing. So it will absolutely help you with your weight training. It's going to help you with your spine. It's going to help you with your disc, but here's the key with yoga. There's different types of yoga guys, guys and gals. There's, the old people yoga, which I wouldn't even tell you to do unless you just want to go and sit in a room with a bunch of old people and just relax. It's not really going to do anything for you um, in a, a, as far as physically. What I would recommend to you do is learn hot yoga and Bikram yoga. In Bikram yoga specifically, there's different Bikram yoga studios around the country. They open up a lot of them. Okay. And basically Bikram style yoga is 26 poses and they're all basically, it's all about imbalances. Like when you're doing the 26 poses, they basically hit everything in your body and they hit both sides. It's really phenomenal. And you'll get a good stretch in the heat. You're going to sweat your balls off. You're going to de-stress yourself. You're going to increase your flexibility, increase your mobility like crazy. And you're also going to increase your heart health in the process and your organ health across the board. Uh, It's one of the most difficult styles of yoga you could possibly do. So it's a 90 minute class, 26 poses and 104, 105 degree heat. Very challenging. So those of you listening to this, if you want to try this out and listen to me on this, go find a Bikram yoga studio near you and go to a class And do it for 90 minutes, you will be amazed at the difficulty of it, it's a challenge, but you will also love the benefits that it's going to give you, you'll notice the benefits right away, as soon as you leave the class you'll, your neck will feel better your back will feel better, you'll, you'll you'll just feel amazing stretch during the class, and you're going to be in a room full of half naked women, that's the beauty part of yoga, Um, so That's, that's really the fun part of doing the hot style yoga. So, and you can show off your body in front of them too. So that gives you a little incentive, but it's really an awesome thing and mandatory. If you look at, you know, some of the best bodybuilders like Flex Wheeler, for example, he can do a split. He's extremely flexible in the NFL athletes that maintain their flexibility, mobility, they avoid injuries. It's really amazing how it works in our body. So it's absolutely important. The more flexible you are, the less chance of injury you have. If you're not a flexible person, I've never been a flexible person. My spine just bends a certain way. I'm just not a flexible guy. And when you weight train for years and years and years, you weaken your flexibility and you weaken your mobility. So yoga is, is like taking your car in for a maintenance check. It's like going to the dentist and getting your teeth cleaned. It's absolutely mandatory if you want to stay healthy long term. So give it a shot, guys, but go to a good yoga studio, hot yoga, and especially Bikram style hot yoga. That's the one to look for in your area. Don't go to old people yoga. Don't waste your time with that. Rick, what's your hobby? Um, I want
1: to add in a little bit about yoga. Um, You can do some at home, too, by yourself. It's actually real simple, real easy. Hot yoga is, is the truth. That's where you want to be at. Now, you don't have to look for Bikram because a lot of old old Bikram yoga places changed their name because Bikram had a bunch of lawsuits and uh, issues with uh, some kind of sexual misconduct. So a lot of guys and gals that paid their 10, 20, 30 grand, whatever it was that they went to these seminars to be able to open a Bikram yoga uh, ended up Changing the name, taking Bikram out of it after some of these allegations came out. So Hot Yoga is kind of where you want to be at, and you'll you'll notice that a lot of those guys that own Hot Yoga places did study with Bikram. They just abandoned the the, the brand for for uh, you know for reasons. Um, yeah, yoga is, is the shit. Uh, make sure you could do some at home too, and also a one hour yoga class can be real challenging. I just make it a point to go uh, and there's some positions that I just kind of sit out that I have asked, I try. And then there, if I'm in a a real heavy that week where I'm trying to cut somebody fat and I'm a little bit drained out, if I feel a little bit like shit, I just take it easy and slow down. Yoga is not like a sport. Your whole mindset should be to stay in that fucking room for that hour, but, and to keep moving. But if you're not feeling, if you're feeling tired, if you can't do some of the positions, you just take a break, take your time. And that's going to lead into my next hobby, which I'm going to suggest everyone out there take up boxing and Brazilian jiu-jitsu and or. Now, hear me out, guys. You can, if you go to a good boxing place, not not go to, I would suggest if you want to learn good boxing, go to an MMA school and find a boxing guy at the MMA school because if you go to a purist boxing gym a lot of the pure boxing gym they they're trying to get fighters out of the door and you might not get the attention that you're really looking for but you'd be surprised how many MMA gyms are have guys fighting in kickboxing doing Brazilian jiu- Jitsu tournaments and some they send in guys over at MMA so you're always gonna find good classes at MMA gyms and you can you can go to a boxing class um, for two, three years, learn how to put your weight behind your punches, learn how to have some hand speed, learn how to really good, proper boxing technique, and you never get punched in the head. I think something that keeps a lot of guys from going into boxing instead of some of these, look, I I see guys right with their trainers jumping on boxes and shit in my gym. I'm like, that guy could be fucking doing some boxing and kickboxing right now learning something actually useful instead of hopping on top of that up on top of a of a boxing off the box and up on top of the box what the fuck is he doing so it's something for you guys to think about out there like you have you have to get that cardio in you got to get your heart rate up do it doing something that's useful boxing like i said man go to A good boxing gym. Take the beginner's classes. When you get there, you have to learn how to wrap your hands. You can watch a video on that. It's easy as hell to wrap your hands. Then you just go. uh, You get with a partner. Somebody will hold the pads. You hit the pads. Then then it's your turn. You take off your gloves. You, You grab the pads. They have the box. You hold pads for them. You're learning, too. As you're holding pads, you're training yourself to watch these punches come at you. And it's building up some of your reflexes and such and then class is done and you're not going to get punched in the face you're not going to get pressured to to spar as a matter of fact most respectable gyms you would have to ask and pressure guys to to get in on the sparring days to come in on friday nights thursday nights where whenever the sparring day is you'd have to actually show you you got something going to get some burn so you're not going to get hurt not nothing. You're not going to be pressured into a fight. Nothing, dude. You actually show up. You hit the pads, then you hold the pads. You're learning how to throw punches. Then you're learning to watch punches come at you. You get a great workout, and it's always a great workout. Boxing is. And in a few boxing classes, you're done. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. If you were ever a wrestler in high school, and you did it long enough, you, you could you could do jiu-jitsu. The thing a lot of guys I know don't like about jiu-jitsu is just being wrapped up with another dude and having some other dude that you're dealing with on the ground, sweat everywhere. I mean, it's kind of, if you think about it, it's kind of nasty. You know, you're watching UFC fight and you see these fighters start fourth round championships, right? They're bathing each other's sweat and blood and snot and everything. It's kind of very personal. So if you wrestled, you'd be good with that. Brazilian jiu-jitsu You'll train with people at your level. You should be getting hurt. If you go to a good, good studio, most of the guys you're going to be training against are accountants and lawyers and nurses and real estate agents. I mean, that's who you're actually in there doing jujitsu against. And you get to train with a life partner, somebody who's offering your every, every time you go. It's very rare that you'll get hurt unless you are You know, unless you're kind of like higher level, like me, I go in there do no gi. I actually go at it with people. You know, like we fucking go at it. And these are guys that already have some experience. So you could doing a jerky movement or trying to trying to power out of a submission where you should have maybe gave in. With you know, with the more higher level advanced guys, then you might you might end up getting a little bit hurt. But if you go in there as a white belt, your first year, man, you just roll easy take, take it easy. If something is, doesn't feel right. You, you act, you, you give a signal, everybody, um, those guys who own those, those Brazilian Jitsu gyms, they want you coming back month after month. They don't want you getting hurt. So just, it's just, just a, a good thing I, I'm putting that out there. Cause I see a lot of guys like you're fucking jumping on boxes and you're carrying shit on your back. And like, you're doing like, I see a lot of, okay. I guess if you're, if you maybe will run into a move one day and shit, you got to move, you know, you're moving from one, from a house to another. Like, I guess if something like that up, came up, but I'm, but you get just as good of a, of a cardio training, you're still working out your muscles. You're developing a nice looking physique to your abs are just going to be insane. And you're boxing and you're learning how to wrestle. You're learning something you can use because jumping on boxes and carrying, you know, Madison balls around and all this shit. I mean, it's, it's okay. Don't get me wrong. Look, even professional fighters do that. Okay. It's, it's not bad, but if you, but but the professional fighters already know the technique of fighting, you should just learn the technique of fighting, the technique of defending yourself. It's man, after just six months doing boxing classes, you're going to learn how to put your weight behind your punches, man. It's, it's a, it's a different story. You're listening today as 180 pounds, 200, 250 pound guy, whatever you are, you know, you, you, your punches don't put that much weight behind it. Now, if you just learn how to power from your feet, move your feet up your body and then throw your weight behind it. Now you can really put a couple hundred pounds behind your knuckles. Like, and it, and it only takes is you don't, you don't even have to work out that much. You just got to change your technique up. Just build a muscle memory Really, it's so all it is. Kind of the punch starts from, from your from your foot, pretty much almost. Your foot the way up to your to your shoulder and then the arm goes. And you just you just six months, um, a year, you learn how to do that. You'll become a deadly, a deadly person. You'll become a dangerous, dangerous fucking man. You'll just and you'll learn to keep it under control, like Jordan Peterson says. Be a dangerous man and you'll keep it under control. Being good, be, knowing how to fight. Because there'll be nothing more embarrassing dude. telling you you're six foot tall, 200 and something pounds. And you get into an argument with a little guy like me at a fucking parking lot and I embarrass you in front of your wife, front of your girlfriend. So I'll fuck you up. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's, it's real, right? Because I've tra- trained. I know how to put my weight behind a punch that's going to hit your chin. You You might not, dude. You might not. You might not even fucking see it coming. So... One of the best things you can do for yourself, learn how to defend yourself. You don't know when when you're really going to need it. And you're still getting your cardio in. You're still getting those reps in. You're still getting your training in. That's all I got to say for that.
0: You're very passionate about it for sure. We'll definitely talk about it in the future. So next one, we're going to change it up a little bit. I didn't really have time in the pre-show to decide. I'm going to change mine uh, to gardening. And the reason I'm going to do that is if you look in the blue zones, what do they do in the blue zones? They all do The blue zones are people that live to a hundred. Like those are parts of the world. They live to a hundred. They all have several things in common. Their diets are excellent. They all fast. They all help each other in their, you know, community. They help each other when someone needs something. And one of the big ones, Rick is gardening. And that's one that a lot of people don't do. And Um, I grew up, um, I had grandparents that taught me gardening when I was a young kid. And for some reason, you know, I loved it because I love growing, you know, growing my own food and picking it and and eating it. So I think gardening is wonderful. And, you know, I have a little garden and I have not once Rick, I make a lot of guacamole. I've not once in the past two years had to buy culantro from the supermarket. So Culantro. Notice I said culantro, not cilantro. Culantro. C-U-L-A-N-T-R-O. So easy to grow, and you don't need much of it. You want to use a tiny amount in your in your guacamole, or it's going to ruin. It's so strong. It's much stronger than cilantro. It's it's,
1: it's a small amount. You know, my grandmother has a saying about culantro. She says, "Bueno es el culantro, pero no tanto." She says, "Culantro is great, but just not a lot of it." Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's very, very powerful But earth. you can
0: use it in, in anything, but my, my point and the reason I'm bringing it up is because it's so easy to grow and it doesn't die. It just stays alive unless you kill it like from not watering it or not giving it sun. All you gotta do is give it some water and give it sun and it will live forever and it will keep making more. It, it, it multiplies. So if you have a big pot like sitting in your patio, you can probably keep that thing alive for a long time. Or if you have a little garden outside, you can keep it alive for sure. So it's so easy to grow tomatoes. They're very easy to grow as long as it's not too hot outside, too dry. Um, You know, there's all kinds of things. You can grow peppers, cucumbers. So I grow a lot of things and and I have a little, little, little garden. And, you know, I grow things and gardening is very relaxing. And gardening is something, it's it's like just just a little hobby. And you can just every day spend a little time on your garden. You can clip where, you know, things that need to be clipped. You can pick things that need to get picked. You can get rid of weeds. You can, you know, do all kinds of stuff. And you can use like a natural fertilizer, eggshells, any type of meat that you're throwing away, bones, instead of throwing all that stuff away, bury it in your garden and it will provide the natural fertilizer. So it's a great way to kind of not waste any food because any food that you're going to throw away, just throw it in your garden. And it will help the garden with a natural fertilizer. So um, that's that's really good. And I'm shocked at, that people out there don't have gardens because you don't need much space to have a little a little garden in uh, your patio, in your backyard. And it doesn't have to be in the ground. You can do above ground gardens that are with hangers. So there's all kinds of strategies to to gardening. It's a really What's good- What's the
1: time commitment on, on a good garden that makes sense, that'll actually provide enough- uh enough food to make 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 it worth it but what's a time commitment on that weekly or monthly
0: it's not much man like like as long as you know if if you're not getting water if it's not with vegetables and herbs they need water so if you're not if it's not raining outside you definitely want to water them once a day and then you want to like weed here and there you want to you know cut or prune things that need to be cut or pruned you need to if you have a climbing type of fruit or vegetable, like a cucumber, for example, or grapes, or something like that, that climb, you need to make sure you help it climb. You need to prune, you know, uh, once or twice a year, and you know it's it's not that time consuming, man, at all. And it's not. Have you ever had
1: to go hunting for a rabbit? Huh? What's that? What's that from? What 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 Disney movies uh, that? From? Um, that's a warner brothers rabbit uh so do you have ever have rodents or, 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 or squirrels or rabbits come and eat, eat your stuff
0: yes i definitely do it's funny i had um i had a rodent eating my cucumbers and my cat actually one day uh brung it inside dead so and then um my cucumbers never got eaten again so my cat got got it taken care
1: of oh, so you got a cat guard in the garden basically
0: yep yep and then, um Yep. And I have lizards too in the garden. They eat all the bugs and roaches. So yep. Using nature to, as your, and there's natural, um, uh, there's natural pesticides that you can use that, that um, you can spray on there. That's like a soapy, soapy type of uh, stuff, but it's not, they're not like real pesticides, but they do the job very well and they're organic. So you want to look for that. Don't use like actual pesticides ever in a garden or, or herbicides or you're ruining it. So you want to keep it organic. So there's, right, a, buddy, there's, yeah.
1: an, yep. there's an herb that's just like a mint It's called yerba buena. They call it in, in South American Colombia. It's, it's like a mint tissue. You can make teas out of it. My mom and the grandma tried to grow some here and a squirrel kept kept fucking taking the yerba buena because they, they liked it. And um, it was done. We don't have a cat. So there's nothing to keep the squirrels from from eating the yerba buena. yerba mate no yerba mate is something they use in argentina as a stimulant they drink it there in argentina in a cup with a with a with a straw that has a filter attached to the straw it's part of their culture it's like their coffee it's like it's like the tea to the english is what yerba mate is to argentinian people but no no this is called yerba buena it, it's got a It it's almost like a mint it's just not Mint it has a different, it has a different kind of uh, taste in mint, but it's very much like it in in how it it gives that aroma and stuff. All
0: right, buddy. So what's the next one? I'm excited to hear right.
1: it. Next one I'm gonna throw at you guys is paintball. Paintball. I know it's gonna sound weird to you guys out there, paintball, but hear me out. So I've been playing paintball uh, competitively since I was about. 18 19 years old is when I entered my first uh, tournament and it's been it's been a, a while since I've played competitively and paintball is probably nowadays one of the best and coolest hobbies you can get into it's one of the best and coolest things you can become competitive in without it being like you got to know a lot of shit to be competitive in other sports the learning curve in paintball is such that you can really learn the sport and become really good at it in a matter of just a few months. And paintball is like, you can start a three-man team to do little three-man tournaments. It could be you, your son, and your daughter. And even if, you know, as long as they're 13, 14 years old, around that age, they can carry the marker around. We don't call them guns anymore, call them paintball markers. You guys can compete and win shit and rock shit because the way the sport is, although you although athletic athleticism can help it's not the end all be all it's really about smart about just having good technique about being able to focus and 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 listen and have situational awareness it's a hugely mental game that you're playing with your body pretty much and the guns the markers that we use nowadays to play they're so fun these Fucking things are electronic, got a little computer chip in them, and they can fire as many as 15 bolts a second. When you raise your gun and you start shooting, it looks like there's a rope coming out of, of this thing. It's very satisfying. Um, and the guns are cheap. Back when I got started, if you wanted an electronic gun that could maybe shoot about 10 to 12 bolts per second and, and maybe break some of them in the barrel, you know, have malfunctions, you're paying upwards of $2,000. Nowadays for about three to 500 bucks, you can get a gun that shoots 15 balls a second, has eyes and lasers and shit to make sure that the balls are, are properly chambered before they're fired off. Different firing modes. I mean, these things are like little machine guns now for like, I guess I have 500 bucks, 300. And it's an incredibly satisfying game. It's, you, it's just all about technique. There are times that I go in there and play I go, I go into the field and I do pickup games with ex, ex competitive players because there's a lot of guys that competed don't feel like doing it anymore. I'm one of those guys. Just the expands and the traveling and the time commitment, I'm just like, oh fuck that. I'm kind of my my paintball competitive paintball days are done. But if I wanted to pick it up again at 40, I could go and compete and maybe even be better than I was when I was in my 20s. You know, it's just it the game is about technique uh and there's different styles of paintball too that you can play guys you can play in the woods like you're pretending to be army man or you can play in a field that's geometrical there are no trees or or shrubs or anything that field there's actual plastic sometimes inflatable bunkers they're symmetrical that side of the field to yours and you can put a plan together for who goes where. It's just a very satisfying, very joyful game. If you're athletic, you can play with your athleticism. If you're not a very athletic person, you can, if you've got mobility issues, you know, there are guys that that are in there with a prosthetic leg. There are guys playing with just one arm, competitively, high level. Because at the end of the day, day, what really matters is your technique, your ability to get behind a, a cover and keep your gun up your ability to communicate with people to, to, to understand where everybody's at, situational awareness. And they're, they're one-on-one tournaments. They're three on three tournaments. They're five on five tournaments. They're 10 on 10 tournaments. I mean, there's just all kinds of serious. Uh, and, and that's why I just what i kind of like, I like about paintball. It's, 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 it's one of those sports where I could like literally I could, I could pick, talk to one of my buddies today and on Sunday, be geared up and play a tournament with them. And I didn't have to be practicing paintball this time. Like I just, I just get on the field, and the first couple of minutes, I'm fucking back in the game. Like I can play again. It's like real easy. You know, it's different when I when I've taken time off from jitsu or or boxing or whatever, and then I, I come back in. You know, the first those first couple of days rolling with guys after I've been away from jitsu for a while, I'm not that great, but. Paintball, once you pick up the skills, once you know what you're doing, it's a very satisfying game. You just go out to the paintball field, get a rental gun, get in with the newbies, you know, make sure you let them know this is your first time playing. Get out there, play, and just just give it a shot. You'll see it. And and there's just high levels of of this stuff, Like, like tournaments in Dubai and Aruba, sponsored. You know, like there's high levels of this stuff now. They're professional paintball players that get paid their expenses paid and everything just to go play and represent a couple of brands in the game. Also the clothing, the t-shirts, the hats they make are pretty fucking cool too for any of you guys out there that like that kind of stuff. So it's just a, um, a hobby I'm throwing out there. Something you guys should could, you could literally Google right now, paint both fields in your area, make a call or two figure out what you need to do to get out there. And you'll be playing this Saturday or Sunday with, with other new people that are this, this is the first time playing. And then as you progress, you can you just ask for those games. You you come in like I do. I bring my gear. I come in. I go. um, Guys, have any any real players playing? No tournament guys. Uh, just playing around. Oh yeah, they're on field five. So you just get out there on field five. And when I get out there, there are no referees. There's nobody guiding the shit. Same players, are referee, and it's just like pickup game around a bunch of guys that know how to fucking know how to how to gun shoot, how to shoot guns. Like and it gets real, you know. And then, and again, and then there's those fields where the new guys go. First time there, a dad with his two, three kids, the wife sometimes and they'll play with other families and And then there's those games. And you, you ask for those games when you go to the field or what your experience level is and you go and it's, um, look, you could be listening to this podcast today. Never have him play paintball in your life. And you go out this weekend or next weekend and you check it out. And three, four months from now, you literally could be in a in a fucking tournament, uh, trying to can be playing competitively, which it's, it's always it's always cool when there's something on the table. It's that easy, is that great. There's, there's tournaments for new people for their first time tournaments for beginners. You didn't say uh, um, does it
0: hurt when you get hit?
1: Oh, I mean it will it, give you a welt or two, but I mean it's I mean it's nothing. The adrenaline I mean, can and stuff is really. Can you nothing. kill
0: someone up close if you hit them like right in the right spot no
1: no way no way the, the paintballs oh. just don't have enough they don't have enough mass to do that the paintball will break before it transfers enough mass onto your body the paintball will actually maybe welt the skin a little bit but if it if it pushes in any harder the paintball breaks and that and that dissipates the energy unlike if it was a rubber ball then it would just keep push it push push further into you you maybe could kill someone with a rubber ball going 280 feet per second up close you might be cut because the mass of it will transfer, but paintballs, and the, the mass doesn't transfer. It breaks and, it, and the liquid and the shell dissipates all the, all the, all the strength of it. You feel a sting when you get hit and you have some welts, but they're the most satisfying welts you'll ever have. I mean, look at fucking do jitsu. I come out of there sometimes looking like, like I got like a fell of a motorcycle or something. I mean, you, you, the, I've worn my gi without anything under and I've, I mean, it, you, you get, you get welted up, you get fucked up. So it's, it's just part of the game, but I mean, yeah, you get, you get a welter too, but it's, it's satisfying and, and the adrenaline. I mean, it's, it's just a great, it's just a great, great, great thing to do. man. it's one of the best, uh, one of the most fun you can have on, on, with your clothes on is playing paintball.
0: <laughs> All right, buddy. I'm going to do one at the end. I'm going to let you go next. Cause you're on a roll. Do the, what's your third one?
1: Well, I talked about mountain biking on the on the podcast a lot, so I'm going to keep it real short. Just get a bike and get out there, man. Just get a bike and get out there. There's this, this, We live in America. We got trails for bike riding everywhere. You got all kinds. So just get on a bike and get out there. And if you can get a bike with a decent suspension and start climbing some hills so you can do some downhills, you'll develop a love for the feeling of being on a downhill bike. I'll tell you. Okay. So I'm going to tell you guys the story of the first time I went downhill, just a real quick story. So I, I get myself my bike up. I'm, you know, I'm a very athletic person. And I've written bicycles since I was a kid, but I get on this. I get my, myself a good, good bike. I spent, I don't know. I think my first bike, I spent about 600 bucks on it. And I get out there with some guys that know their shit. And we climb up this hill. Climb, climb very, very, very up, up to the top. And we get up there. There's a nice stream there. You fucking jump in the stream with, with your clothes on. I mean, with, with your biking clothes on. I mean, it's cool. You're already sweaty anyway. So you just get fresh water, to wash out the sweat out of your clothes, get in there, hang out, take some pictures. And then we get set to, to go back downhill the same, same way we came up. Now, I fucking get on the bike and I, and I head on this first downhill It's about a block. And as I'm going down this fucking thing on this bicycle and this thing is kind of bouncing everywhere, I'm thinking, what the fuck did I get myself into? Like it got kind of scary for like the first few seconds. Then I said to myself, Rick, stop being a fucking pussy. Grab onto this fucking bike, stand on these fucking pedals and enjoy this shit. Like this is this is fun. Don't be a fucking wuss. Just, this is me talking to myself. So I, I did that. I fucking stood on them pedals, grabbed on to the handles and rode this downhill like a fucking madman. My first time riding downhill, the guy, riding downhill, the guys were like, whoa, what the fuck, dude? You've done this before? I'm like, no, first time. But I just decided I was going to enjoy this fucking thing on the way down instead of being scared of it. And yeah, it's fucking scary. You're on a fucking bicycle going downhill. You can't really brake. Once you get on, on certain... On certain downhill road, certain downhill uh, up roads, you can't you can't stop your bike. You got to wait until you get to a flat, to where you can stop. If you try to stop your bike on a, on a, on a straight downhill, you're gonna you're gonna tumble over. You're gonna get fucked up. So you make that commitment that once you head down this fucking hill for the next twenty to thirty seconds, sometimes a minute, you're just gonna ride this fucking thing out and. make and do whatever it throws at you because you you don't have, you can't change your mind once you are, once you're that deep in. So you just go with it. You enjoy it. It's one of the most enjoyable, thrilling adrenaline rushes you can, you can have is being on this bike on a downhill and covering all that area and just seeing things. That's the other thing I love about mountain biking is I can go for a two, three hour bike ride, when I get home, my brain is kind of an overload because my eyes have seen so much and been close to so many things and heard so many sounds so many smells in such a short period of time, which is what a bicycle does. It lets you fucking take a trek that would have taken maybe half a day and you do it in a couple of hours. I mean, it, it it's it, it's a bit of overloading it becomes addictive. That overload kind of becomes addictive because in a matter of just an hour or two. You just you input into your brain all these different bushes, all these different land features, all these different sounds, all these different smells, and you're close to them. It's not like being in a car, guys. It's not like being in a fucking car. It's it's like being in nature. You just fast forwarding through nature, okay? Fast forwarding shit. And then when you get when you get home after a ride, you saw so much. You you went through so many things so quickly, and and was so close in the middle of it all. It's, it's like a sensory kind of overload. Like your brain is trying to still make sense out of everything you just did. It, it becomes kind of addictive. It's pretty cool. So that, that's that my whole spiel mountain biking again. What, what you-
0: all right, guys. So the last one I'm talking about is pets and dogs and cats and all kinds of pets, you know, that we can have. So what did the studies say about dogs and cats, Ray? Uh, did you know that dogs and cats will help lower your blood pressure? That's that's a fact. Um, just having a cat right next to you purring helps lower your blood pressure. Having a dog like coming up to you and be like <laughs> with his tongue out, all happy, happy to see you, actually helps with your reward sensors in your body, makes you a happier person. So another thing too. The stats on people who own pets versus people who don't have pets, people who own pets have better credit. They pay their bills on time, because they're used to that responsibility of having a pet. So if you're renting a home, and you'll notice that people who have pets tend to be the tenants that pay on time. And the tenants that don't have pets tend to pay late. They tend to be like incapable of caring about something so It's actually a good relationship sensor too. someone who has a dog or cat. That's someone who knows how to take care of something. Someone who's never had a dog or a cat. That's someone who they don't even know how to take care of anything. How are they going to take care of you as a partner, as a spouse? So that's one of the actually uh, one of the things, if you read some uh, Patty Stanger's book, she talks about that. And she, you know, she talks about some of her clients who are looking for you know love and relationships. And she asked them, she's like, do you have a pet? They're like, no. Do you have even a house plan? Do you have a fish? Do you have anything that you take care of? And they're like, no. And it's like, well, how are you supposed to take care of a spouse? So it's a really good red flag to look for if someone doesn't have a pet. That's a little bit of a red flag. That could mean the person is selfish. It could mean the person can't take care of anything. They don't know how to take care of anything. You know etc cetera, etc cetera. and then how they treat their pet is the second thing to look for so but pets you know they lower your blood pressure they're a lot of fun you can take them it's an excuse to go hiking what rick is talking about with with mountain biking well with a pet you can take your dog to the to the park let them run around play frisbee with them whatever take them to the beach take them into the woods go for a long hike You know, and then cats. You can play with your cat. You can build your cat. You know, some cat trees in the house. You can build your cat some stuff outside. Have a lot of fun with a cat. Cats are um, cats are really really cool because they're low maintenance. You don't have to. They're not as expensive as dogs, and you know they're they kind of take care of themselves. Like you don't have to worry about bathing a cat as much as you would a dog. So, you know, there's different options with pets. So. Pets are really good. I mean, that's one of the things you, you need, like, in your life is you definitely need a pet. Like, everybody needs some sort of pet, cat, dog, ferret, rabbit, whatever, hamster, rat. There's rats that actually make good pets because you can train them to do all kinds of tricks and stuff. So, all on of pets, guys, and, and adopt, you know, go adopt a pet. They need homes, never, never buy a dog or never buy a cat off someone always adopt, look for the adoption places because you're, you're saving a life and that pet will appreciate that. You know, you're saving their life. They, they're going to love you, you know, unconditionally for that. So take that's, that's, that's the, you know, that's one of the things you can do. Uh, when I went and adopted my cat, my cat was just like looking at me, staring at me like, take me home, take me home, take me home. He was so happy when I took him. you know? So, You know, you can't get that. Anything else in life, there's nothing in life uh, that compares to that. So if you've never had a dog or cat, go this weekend to the adoption. They have adoptions. Usually like a Petco, PetSmart, Pet pet Supermarket. They have adoption agencies that come in and you can pick out, you know, a dog or a cat that fits your personality. And, you know, you can uh, have a lot of fun. It's It's really a lot of fun having a dog or cat. It's a huge huge vacancy if you don't have one once you get one you'll never not want to have one again all right guys so that sums it up guys it's episode 406 hope we gave you guys a lot of topics we will have another compound episode coming next week we'll talk to you then take care guys
1: have a good one steve have a good one guys